All right, again, I'm going to try and get this right this time, Steve. This is Season 4, Episode 3, Wicked Spursy Podcast. Welcome to everybody. Uh, unfortunately, uh, our big man uh, is not here again. Um, it's just Mike, Mike, again. Mike. It threw off our groove. We all know that it starts with, hey, this is Wicked Spursy. Oh, yes. Mike Shit. Steve. You know, I, I've been Not doing, Dave. I've been doing that other goddamn podcast for so long that I get my uh, intros mixed up. So uh, let's try this. We'll, we'll do take two. Hey, take Wicked Spursy. You, you know Dave's not editing this out, right? Mike, Mike Steve, not Dave. Uh, I'll be editing. Um, this is season four, episode three. Uh, <laughs> so uh, good cold open, fun restart. But Project most restart. importantly, we might not have Dave, but it's not just the two of us fucking around for an hour this time. That's right. That's right. We have uh, our friend, our fellow member of the Green Mountain Spurs, a uh, fellow member of the Green Mountain Bahois, uh, Jason Weed. Welcome. The fastest Bahoy. Thank you very much for having the, me. I appreciate the fastest Bahoy. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> he almost beat the Green Flash with, with yeah, no still slower than Green Lightning, but I have been training. Still yeah. Next yeah. Year. You know, I think next year you'll have you'll have spikes on. So, uh, you know, you'll be able to yeah. beat that son of a bitch. Yeah. Yeah. And by training, I just mean I'm thinking about how angry I am that he beat me because I was barefoot <laughs> and he was wearing cleats. So it is what it is <laughs> on, on the wet Part turf, of, on the wet turf. I'll let you uh, I'll show you the beginning of my training regiment. There it is. Oh, yeah. There we go. 14, 14 stars. About, my other excuse, I had about four of these in the parking lot before I got to the game. So <laughs> if I'm four beers lighter next year. I'm definitely beating them. There you go. There you go. That's 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 uh, a goal. Um, I'm. This is my this is my four point nine beer, the uh, Great Rhythm great Squeeze. Uh, they're out of Portsmouth, New Hampshire, but we'll be uh, discussing some other beers later. This is what I'm drinking right I've now. I've got my uh, oh, you can't even see it because I blurred. It's uh, my native land. All beer is brewed on native land. I love that. This I love that. So uh, good. You know, I got a four pack of that the other day, and it's it's if fantastic. I can, oh, there it is. Oh yeah. <laughs> There we go. I just had so, to hold it right next to my face. We're throwing Dave of. off here, I and mean, we might be throwing everybody else off. We uh, usually start by uh, we we know Jay's Jay's deal. I want to know what's been going on in your week, Steve. Are you uh, is everything okay with you? Because because I, I don't Man, know. Fuck if I know. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know uh, if Dave if Dave is just like ditching out on us. Oh, I got a work commitment. Sorry, guys. No, it's all it's all me. He doesn't want my my bad luck to rub off on him. That's what no, um, about. things going well this week. Um, I, actually, today was a despite the fact that I was in meetings pretty much all day at work. It was a solid day. This is uh, we hired somebody to do at work uh, to kind of oversee um, my company and our client company is this like bridge between them and bringing us all together. And yeah. uh, she is a data driven lady. And we are best friends now. And we've had so many awesome conversations. It's just one of those things, you know, like when you've got somebody who's in your corner at work and you're talking the same language and you're excited about the same stuff, it just gets you amped. And now I'm here chatting with you guys about something that gets all of us amped. I'm yeah. just keeping the good vibes going. Listen, today, man, the, the data-driven data driven world is is. And entered your life. It has entered the life of Tottenham Hotspur. I'm goddamn excited. I'm goddamn oh, excited. That was a perfect transition. It was, wasn't wow. it? So let's talk about the game a little bit. Like, what did you guys see? Like, let's talk lineups. 
because I don't know. I don't know what you think. I'm going to start with Jay because I don't know what what you think, uh, what you thought the lineup was going to be, because what I saw was uh, actually kind of far from what I thought it was going to be. So uh, why don't you yeah. start us off? I mean, it was a surprise to me um, seeing Mickey Vandevin, our brand new player, starting the first game after being in training for, I don't know, a couple of weeks. A couple of days. That, a couple of days. A couple of days. Yeah, three And days. then Skip and Bazuma in the midfield together. Uh, I wasn't sure about it. I, I didn't know what to expect. You know, I feel like Bazuma still needs to prove something. Um, he hasn't earned my faith yet. But um, so, yeah, basically surprised. And surprised. Uh, yeah, I was mostly surprised with the midfield and starting Mickey at first. But then Davison Sanchez came on and I, I wanted it to be just Mickey and Longley out there <laughs> and uh, and Romero. Anybody, anybody but Sanchez. Yeah, I hear you. Um, as, as far as I'm concerned, um, any kind of issues that I had with when I first looked at the, when I first looked at the uh, lineup, um, I thought Mickey was going to have a hard time getting on, on the same page as Romero, because uh, as we all know, uh, Romero's a fucking lunatic. Um, and, and Mickey is, uh, I, I'm just going to come out and say it. He's a handsome, handsome, handsome fucking dude, you know? Oh yeah. I mean, it, you know, the the Dutch all have fun names anyway. We all know that. But mm-hmm. like this dude has a fun name. He's it's fun to say, and he's handsome at that. And he's he's tall, blonde, and handsome. Oh, can I cut in real so quick fine. here? Yeah. Let me cut in real quick. Um, who would make a better Ken doll? Oh. James Madison or Mickey Vandevin? Uh Vandevin. I think he's got he's got the blonde hair, he's yeah. got the he's got the nice coif do. Yeah, yeah but but Madison's he just has these very pointed chiseled features like he is especially for an Englishman (laughs) I lean I lean slightly to Vandevin because I haven't seen a Kendall with full arm tattoo sleeves yet fair enough I think that's the difference I think they're coming they're on their way um so yeah I I didn't know if I was going to be able to trust Vandevin back there um we'll get into that a little bit um my midfield um, I was very surprised to see Skippy out there. So that's where my surprise came in. Um, I thought 100% it was going to be, um, obviously Madison Basuma and, and, uh, and Papsar. Um, but you know, I mean, all credit to, and as you go with the high hand, you know, uh, Skippy put in a hell of a performance against Barcelona the week before, and and you know you, you go with you ride the you ride the hot hand. So I thought you know great, let's do this. Let let's let's get on this horse and see what happens. Um, it, you know, and in the front, kind of expected you know what what we what we saw out there. We we knew we were going to get Decky. We knew we were going to get Sunny. Um, and I loved the announcement of Sonny as captain. I think there's a, there's no other guy I could have gone to. Um, and Jay's wearing his son shirt. Yeah. And uh, there's, there's no other guy I could have gone to. And, uh, and I think there's no other guy that the, that the team could have, you know, trusted to, uh, to put that armband on out there. Um, n- no more than Sonny. But what about the vice captains? Now, surely that's gotta be a surprise. Uh, the vice captains, yes. 
yeah, it's slightly a surprise. Uh, I mean, look, Romero, the person who not two minutes ago you were sort of suggesting might be a little bit off the boil a lot or on the boil, I guess. The dude is uh, he's something, man. He is something. I don't know if if I would have pegged him as a as a leader, per se. But I guess I see it. I, I think I do. I really do. He he's just one of those guys who seems to be smarter than I think he lets on when he's playing. Like he does some dumbass shit when he is playing and, and making those runs forward and yeah. getting caught in, in weird places. But you know, outside of just the game, he's he's really smart. Like he is a smart dude. He seems to get along with everybody on the squad. I can see that Madison coming in first season, only been with this club uh, for a couple of weeks, him getting a vice captain. At first, I was a little confused. Like, I, I knew he was captain at, at Leicester, of course, you know, so he's got the leadership qualities, but he wasn't necessarily like, you know, he wasn't a Spurs guy. You know, he just came in and he's stepping right into captaincy. Like, that was a little iffy. And to be honest, he won me over, not with anything that he's done at Spurs or on the field. I actually went and I watched um, some of the video clips of him speaking either to in pressers, or I guess he does his own little things sometimes where he just puts out a video clip of him, you know, talking. He's another one who is, he's, he's way more humble than I thought he was. He's willing to listen to, uh, to criticism, particularly from, you know, some of the commentary guys, your, your Jamie characters of the world. Uh, he's, he's able to listen to that, to digest it, to process it and to respond to it either with his work on the field or, you know, this is why I'm not going to do this. This is why I do it. Something this I I'm really high on Madison right now. Uh, I I'm so happy that I went down that rabbit hole. He's another one who's just this, if, if he were to end his career today, he could go into color commentary on any network and just be the superstar. That dude knows his shit. He's, he's got my, uh, he, he's got my vote of confidence. Uh, <clears throat> you know, from the get go, it seems like he always like wanted to be here. We know that he wanted to be here last year. Now, now we know that like he was, Super high on Spurs last year. Wanted to come in, even though we we're in the middle of a fucking shit show. Um, he I, just I try not to think about. Last he year. likes the club. He likes he likes the the history and the culture, and the fact that we're changing the culture of the club now is even better. Culture club. Um, so karma, 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 yes, karma, thank you. Sorry, um, <laughs> I got you. So he's, you know, the the culture of the club is changing, and the fact that Ange said whether you not whether or not you come here, you're going to see a difference for us. That and he still fucking came, tells me that that dude is fully on board. He's fully coys, and on top of all that, he dropped thirty fucking points for me in my DraftKings. So I'm not. <laughs> I'm not throwing that that baby out, uh, you know, out, out with the dishwater. Or what, whatever yeah. So, they say. so we've talked lineup, we've talked captains, but let's talk Ange now. Like before we even get into the game, because there's still a lot for us to unpack here with what yeah. we saw initially and the approach. Um, you know, when Ange comes out and says something like "clean slate," 
everybody starts at the same level for me. You got to earn it. You know, it's all fine to say that sort of thing. We've seen coaches come into Spurs and say similar things, clean slate, you know, but it's another thing for somebody like Ange to come in and do it right. Like to give people their, their opportunity to shine, to bring people in from out of the cold, to give them chances. And when they take the chances, great. When they don't take the chances, he doesn't even throw him under the bus. Like I, I I'm skipping to the end of the game here, but it's, it's an important one for me because it's, it's relevant to um, the starting 11 for Charleston. He was the big question mark. Can he reproduce what Kane did for us and showed him the faith, put him up front, let him go. He really didn't do much. I think we all can agree on that. Uh, you know, he had some great runs at the, be- in the beginning of the game, he was moving around a lot service wasn't coming to him he kind of died out when he did get his chances he didn't take them Ange covered for him and I loved to see that you know he basically came out and was like look you know the team didn't work with him enough in that first half he was doing the right stuff I'm not just going to look at one game and say he's out of here you know he's not the Kane solution we need to go to the transfer market He's he's back in the player. He's supporting him. He's trying to show that it's not an individual. It is a team. And just putting together a team. What we saw that first 11, first 12, if you count Sanchez coming in for Romero less than 20 minutes into the game, everybody is gelling. Everybody is given that chance and, and credit where it's due. And that's on Ange. All Ange for me. Yeah, Jay, what do you what do you feel like are the kind of the intangible things that that Ange brings? I mean, outside of like a different system, is it is it the fact that he's here to change the culture from kind of a, a toxic um, you're going to do what I say culture? Or is it is it the fact that it's a newer, exciting system or is it both? I think I think what he really has is confidence because he's proven that he can do it at different clubs and he's kind of just made his way up and made his name in different leagues. And um, I think he's just writing his confidence right now and he's proven he can do it before. So I think, you know, he's just like this, this is what it is. This is how it's going to be. I'm, we're going to use our guys. Uh, I'm going to put my trust in them and, you know, we don't see what goes on in, in training or whatever. So we, we don't, we have to take his word for it. I, but I love his attitude and um, I love his confidence. So let me, me ask a lot you guys, of hope for this year. Let me ask you guys something that will bring us right into the game. Cause I know people are probably sitting here like, when are they going to talk about the game? Like we get it. Yeah. What surprise, like lineups aside, when they started playing whistle blue kickoff games going, what surprised you guys the most, particularly in that first half? I'll let Jay go on this one. I've got something in particular. I got two in particular things, but I've got one myself that I'm I'm looking forward to sharing if if you guys aren't, but take it away, Jay. Man, I I, I need to rewatch the game. <laughs> uh, look, I you, there's so much. There is so much for to me. Back. For me, the biggest surprise was seeing our fullbacks playing centrally at times. Like that was just, uh, I, I, there were times where I was doing a double take, like why the hell is Emerson Royale at center striker? 
right? Like that's the kind of like, am I, do I need to like get my, my prescription updated on my glasses? Like is, is something going on? Uh, but if you watch that game back, you will see at, at times both Emerson and, and Destiny, they're moving much more centrally than I think we've really ever seen them. And at times it was frustrating in the first half because you were seeing a lot, you know, it was clear we were trying to play through the center. That was obvious. Um, but it wasn't to the detriment of the fullbacks, which is what we might have seen in prior years. It, it kind of was to their credit. Like they were helping facilitate a yeah. lot of those moves through the center of the field. It was a very deliberate change in something that I don't think Spurs fans, I'm <laughs> sure shit wasn't used to see that. Yeah. Um, and I think that was my issue. Like I was looking at it and it didn't make, I was like, are we sure it, this is the Spurs? It's, yeah. It doesn't make what sense. What is this team? It doesn't make sense. And and to, to make it even more mind boggling for me is, you know, I was sitting in our, in Mike, you, you'll be aware of this. We were in our WhatsApp app chat. Um, and I'm, I'm, talking about okay you know uh, what changes would i make right like we're trying to force it through the middle we're not really getting much after a certain point it's it's you know there's a lot of pretty football being played but to no end product like i'd like to see you know sun hasn't been a, a, a effective i'd like to see perisic come in and try to whip in some crosses um you know try to play out a little bit more wide and the biggest surprise of the day for me was Ange doing just that he took out Captain Hyungmin's son and put Ivan Perisic in to try to whip crosses into the box as a different game plan. When was the last time you guys saw Spurs do literally anything else aside from the only game plan that uh, Conte had, Mourinho had, Nuno had, Mason had? Um, I can tell you exactly when that was. It was 2017-2018 um Maurizio Pochettino Spurs was the last time I saw that because even after that Pochettino didn't do a lot of switching switching up he didn't he didn't move away from that Wink Sissoko pivot you know he didn't move away from that diamond that he found himself in and couldn't fucking fight his way out of uh tactically and he um he even like in the Champions League final didn't ride the hot hand like he fucking should have a guy brimming with confidence you know, in, in Lucas Mora and, and, you know, God rest his soul. Um, and went with a Harry Kane who had been back on the pitch for three fucking days, you know, after being injured for most, for, for a good section of that champions league run. Now for me, the most exciting and most, there were two, two pieces to this. The first thing was directly pregame. We're away at Brentford, a place where, they lost two times. They beat fucking Man City twice last year. All right. This is a team that we know that doesn't lose at home. Right. I don't give a shit if Ivan Tony's not there. It doesn't fucking matter. Like they just don't lose at home. They're a team that's more, more than willing to play a low block or a medium low block and and just chip it over the top. They're like uh, they're like, you know, see Ghost United. This, in our in our uh, USL two league, it's the same type of fucking thing. So they're more than happy to do that because they have forwards that are fast and get and get out and and run like uh, like we tried to do, you know, under 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 mostly under Mourinho, kind of under Conte. It's just that kind of boring 
sit back and defend and absorb pressure type of defense. So the first thing that I saw, what I thought was fucking awesome was that we had a club, we had a team, and I don't care if it's under the captain's direction or if it's under the manager's direction, who went over to the away corner, to the away fans, clapped them up before the match during the sanitation issue that I'm guaranteeing that Eric Dyer caused. (laughs) And then they huddled up in front of them. This is a team that is going to be playing for each other. That was the first thing. The second thing, once kickoff finally did fucking happen, and I was watching at at Boston Spurs, um, and uh, and let me tell you what a what a spread they put on. But um, that's a true supporters group, supporters club, and and uh, God bless them, and and thank you for having us, my son and my son and myself. But what I saw from the second kickoff happened was fast-paced, frenetic pressing. Guys coming forward at top speed, getting Richarlison getting in the face of the keeper, you know, Sonny and Decky moving around, moving around on those wings, you know, I mean, putting pressure on those guys to make mistakes. And when you play like that, it causes teams to make mistakes. They try and pass it through the midfield. And luckily we have a midfield that has one skill and two confidence, especially on the, the, the left and the left and center of, of that midfield. Uh, Basuma for me was man of the match. 100%. Absolutely. Um, Of course, like Jay said, we do have to, we do have to take in consideration his season last year. But we also have to take in consideration that uh, he one was injured, and then two had a had a manager who didn't want him and didn't trust him, uh, and was a fucking prick. And and from for my money and for the rest of my life, Antonio Conte is a fucking prick. Um, I don't care what he went through last year with his sickness and all that shit. He's a prick. Um, he didn't care about the club, and if you don't care about the club, I don't care about you. Um, but. Those were the two things was that the, and it showed that this is a new Tottenham to me. And I don't care if we had gone out there and lost three to one, because this is a type of team that is built to beat that type of team that, that Ange put out there in that kind of system. And that system is new. So let's, let's take that into consideration too. It's a new system. These, all these guys are, are learning and it's going to take some time to bet in and get everybody on the same page. So, so you mentioned Basuma as man of the match. Uh, who, if you had to pick two other standouts, who are you giving it to? And, and Jay, I'm going to ask top three for you as well. So, Mike, finish it off, round it off. Top mm-hmm. three best players okay. in that match for you. Top three best players in that match for me? Yeah. Basuma. Absolutely. Madison. Destiny Udogi. Destiny. That 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 young man is... Um, going to be something special and he's going to be a player that in the future we're going to find ourselves hard up to keep. Um, I think he's going to make a big name for himself and he's going to demand a lot of money coming up. Um, I was nervous at first because, you know, and and still, you know, you still, you got to kind of keep it a little bit like (laughs) you got to keep it a little bit real because, you know, that first match, 
remember how how awesome Reggie was when he first came in that first match? Yeah. How fast he tracked mm-hmm. back on that one ball. Like Reggie's first game, I was like, holy shit, we have a left back. Um, you know, that's not named Danny Rose, you know. And now it's let's banish him and hope that we can get some cash. Now we like we have destiny. Destiny pushes forward. He's he's willing to get into the attack. He has the recovery pace. He's super uh, like I didn't realize how tough and how strong he is. I mean, he's this is a 20 year old kid we're talking about. Destiny is going to make all of the difference, I think, going forward on that side. Um, the other side, you know, Emerson Royale, fine. But um, I think Basuma, Basuma, again, man of the match for me. Um, and James Madison, um, market market difference from 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 what we've seen in the past. From you know, from what we saw in the past few years, you didn't know who was taking free kicks. You don't know who is taking corner kicks. Um, so you know, set pieces. Who's going to be your your ball kicker? Is it going to be Harry Kane? Is he going to? Sorry, I didn't mean to say that name. Um, is it going to be Harry Kane kicking fucking field goals for the Patriots? Is it going to be Eric Dyer kicking it into somebody's ass? Or is it going to be Pedro Porro trying to tell them that he knows how to do this? <laughs> and them going, nah, fuck you. Um, nope. we so, I, I mean, those are my guys. Those are my guys. I, Jay, what about you? Top three? Um, definitely Madison. I would say I was really impressed by him and the fact that we have somebody who can step over a free kick and I feel confident that, you know, something's going to happen. We're going to get, you know, it's, I don't have the words for it. I'm just, I'm really excited about the season with, with Madison being here. Love seeing destiny and his energy. That was awesome. Again, more encouragement for the rest of the season. I wish um, our forwards got more action in this game, Um, but I get it. Like, you know, like you said, with Brentford, where they just tend to sit back and they had like 30% possession. So, you know, they're just playing defensively and trying not to let us score. So it's not going to be the case for the whole season. Um, but I want to see, I want to see the forwards get more action. And then I'm a member of the goalkeepers union. So let's give a shout out to our new, our new keeper, Vicario. Holy He's out shit. there and that, you know, he, he, he did all right. Dude, Vicario has, that dude's got a screw loose. He's got to have a screw loose. He is. Yeah. He worries me in a completely different way that Hugo worried me. Um, and it's, it's, it's interesting, right? Like when he's on the ball, when he's making these insane runs out, like out of his box to try to clear up some balls. Um, I'm not necessarily worried, uh, that he's not going to get there. He's fast. He's quick. He reads it well. Uh, my concern is. Is this dude gonna get like bamboozled and take the guy out and get himself sent off? Like he is, he is chaos. Like it's that almost dude. like another. It's almost like another Romero, which is <laughs> really dangerous. Is. But I love the confidence. It's, you know what? Dude, Fucking go know, for it. Th- there are people out there who are probably going to be down on Vicario because he's not that uh, calm. Uh, collective presence he's not the the ederson that i think we wanted or, or the allison um 
but I, 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 I gotta admit, I do like him. I, I like, he's got balls. That dude has got, it's going to bite him in the ass for sure. And we're going to be cursing mm-hmm. his name at some point this season, probably several times, <laughs> but I'll be yep. damned. He's pretty fucking entertaining. I got a but question so, for you. I got a question for you. Like, yeah. What are the two things that, that you saw from Vicario that, we haven't seen out of any and and we'll we'll say from from the Pochettino era on any of our first or second choice keepers what what are the things that you saw um and especially different from Hugo because because we had we had Hugo getting injured two different times um yeah. having to de- having to use uh Gazaniga who might be the most handsome guy to ever play the game of football. Um, he's fucking handsome. And, and we had, uh, we had Fraser Forrester, you know, big hands, like a frying pan. Um, huge. Huge. And, and then we've had Hugo. So like, you know, and we've had other, a couple other keepers in there too, and that we won't mention got actually played in a, in a cup game and by Jose Mourinho stupidly. Um <clears throat> So, um, just yeah, what 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 are the different things you saw out of a Cario outside of his youth that that we can that we can say we can trust this guy, uh, it, it, you know, between the posts? Well, I don't know. He's got to he's got to prove it honestly. And um, the biggest thing that stands out, like you said, it is his youth. It's the fact that he's he looks twenty five years younger than Hugo, and he moves like it too. Um, so, you know, that's, that's obvious, but we need to see what he can do. Also, he's Italian. So that's fantastic. (laughs) Yeah. For for me, the interesting thing was, was the speed like that dude. I think we got a little bit frustrated with, with a lot of our keepers over the past couple of years who would, uh, you know, maybe they would think about it too much. Maybe they would, you know, sit back when they should come for it. Maybe that, you know, caught between two minds for better or worse. I don't see Vicario having that problem. He seems to be. um, And again, I'm sure we're going to curse this a few times this season. He seems to not think he seems to react only whether it's his impressive reflex saves, um, you know, diving across to keep something out, uh, you know, and any of those incredible looking uh, uh, blocks that he's made or just rushing off the line to get to a ball before an attacker can, he just, he doesn't think he just reacts to it, which is it's, it's chaos. It's exciting to watch. It looks incredible when it comes off, but when he fucks it up is when we are going to be swearing at him and wishing we had a more reliable keeper. So um, I, I, yeah, I, I totally agree, Steve. Um, it, it is chaos. And, and there were times where I was like, what the fuck, what the fuck, what the fuck is going on here? What is he doing? What is he doing? Um, he made two very beautiful saves and he actually was actually, I, I honestly believe he does think, and I think that he was in position a couple of times where I think Hugo would not have been in position. Um, but what I saw out of him that is different from any of the other keepers we had first or second choice keepers um, is one. He can kick the ball. 
He can kick the ball accurately and he can throw the ball. He kicked the ball three quarters of the length of the field a a few times. Right. Um, He throws the ball well. So he, his, his throw, he doesn't just, it's not just rollouts. It's his throwouts, his distribution all, all over the field was pretty goddamn good. Um, He's not just kicking it, you know, shipping it out uh, of the fucking touchline. He's not just, he, and he's not just, you know, shooting it into the middle of the fucking, into the middle of the field to nobody. Um, he's directing balls. The other thing that I saw that I really, really loved, and every single time, even if you saw him in the background, was that he never stops fucking talking, mm-hmm. ever. Which means he's communicating with his players that are in front of him. You need to do this. You need to do that. Which is what led me to believe, led me to believe this guy is a fucking lunatic too. It's going to pair well with Romero. Yeah, and, and that that chaos is kind of uh, intentional. Yes. There were a few times where I'm like, I, I will say, why the fuck is he out there? And what in is regards in regards to his distribution. Um, and this is another thing that I really love uh, seeing this season. The couple of times that he kicked the ball towards touch and it went like up and over the fullback out of play. Ange was pissed. He was not happy to see that. And I think, mm-hmm. you know, that that's that's kind of emblematic of, of what Ange wants to do. He doesn't want these needless turnovers. He wants the players to play deliberately he wants them to play quickly he wants them to be accurate to know what's going on to to get the ball where it needs to be and keep moving forward when it doesn't come off he's not just brushing it off like all right whatever you know that that happens he's just not happy with it you know i guarantee when they look back at that tape and and um see those few times that vicario kicked it straight out of bounds and just going to be you know, right in his ear. Don't do that. Like, I do not want to see you over kicking it anymore. Like they're going to work on that. And I truly believe that Ange is going to make, make Vicario improve even more on his distribution than what we saw in that first game. I like, I, I like Steve that um, he was more willing to, rather than to punt the ball, to put the ball at his feet. Um, even when there were two fucking dudes pressing him, he'd just roll the ball to his to foot and 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 played the ball that way rather than rather than just punting it off into fucking nowhere. It seemed to me like he would rather have the ball at his feet to play it instead of possibly making a mistake and punting the ball, in, you know, into the fucking That's, crowd. Like I always ball. like I always do when I'm playing FIFA. Look, I'll, <laughs> I'll, I'll, one last there's one last thing I want to touch on, and then I think we have to ask a very important question. Um, sure. And and it's a player who I'm I'm deliberately calling out because I feel like it's a, it's the elephant in the room. Let's talk Davinson Sanchez briefly. Um, again, less than what six months ago, this is a dude who came on to the field under Antonio Conte to booze from the crowd. Uh, he was demoralized. His confidence was shot to shit. 17 minutes into this game, after the after Spurs score an opening goal off Christian Romero, of all people, Romero's coming off. Sanchez is coming on. I know that we've all been concerned about Sanchez. I know, speaking for myself, 
there have been times where I've called for him to just be sold. He's not good enough. He's never going to be good enough. Get him out of the team. What did you guys make of him for the last 70-ish minutes of that game? I mean, I wasn't, I wasn't impressed, but it was, it was fine. It's, it's Sanchez and we know what to expect from him. So, you know, it's, yeah, like you were saying, I don't, I don't know why he, he hasn't just been sold away yet, but if, if there's nobody that Levy's willing to pay the money to buy, then we have to keep him. He's got to be that backup role or, you know, the support um, defender to come in when we have an injury. Let me ask you I, this then. Would you rather, let's say Romero picks up that that long-term injury for whatever reason and completely screws us, and we do not get another center back in, who do you play on that side? Do you play Sanchez, do you play Dyer, or do you play somebody else out of position? You play with one center back because <laughs> there's. I have more confidence doing that. Mickey Van de Ven, here we go. <laughs> yeah, it's, it's the Mickey show. It's. Um, like, uh, no, I don't know. So I, I, I honestly like. What do you got, Mike? I, Davinson Sanchez, uh, for me, uh, again, um, never has lived up to that that guy that we bought. Um, he had that one really, really fucking great season. Well, maybe, maybe one and a half great seasons. Um, Relatively you, great. Okay, so you have to think. You have to think, though. I mean. It was he had the confidence of his of his manager, right? Um, Pochettino. He was playing between two of the fucking best center backs in the league and Jan Jan and Toby, right? Um, so when you have a guy who um is able to just play defense and not have to um rely on something that is we all know is his is is the big liability in 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 a guy like Davidson Sanchez. The guy does not like to have the ball at his feet. He does not like to to have to to dribble out of pressure. He does not. He's not good under pressure um, when he, when he has the ball. But when he can defend, when, when he has to defend, and he and he can he can do it. He's good mm-hmm. at it. Um, I think that I'm not going to give him as much praise as maybe some of the other podcasts have that I've listened to uh, in the past couple of days. Um, I wasn't super impressed with him, but he did a good enough job. Um, I think the fact that he has the recovery pace that an Ange Postacoglu center back needs to have, he's going to be an invaluable piece of this uh, part of this team. And now we, with confidence, we can say um, next away match we can just maybe bring dyer along and maybe <laughs> no don't bring dyer along tell, no we'll no, bring him along and we'll just home. say we'll just say hey we're, we're leaving we're leaving in 45 minutes and then actually leave in a half hour <laughs> there you go there just kind of leave him there like you know what we could leave him in let's let's leave him in the fucking newcastle send him up north look um I think what you guys are saying about Sanchez is fair, right? He was fine, no more, no less, right? Not spectacular, not Romero. But he did a really good job, and he played really good defense. I think he was spectacular against Barcelona. The thing that I I, I just want to say about Sanchez is I've got to give the dude some credit, right? Like, he, his confidence was shot. You know, he was being straight-up abused by fans last season. 
the dude comes in because of a freak injury this game he made mistakes right like he wasn't perfect um there were things that he could have done better for sure but I didn't see him sort of retreat into a shell. I didn't see him, you know, try to look for scapegoats or, or you know, slink back a bit and, and play a little bit too safe. He tried. He really went out there and, and he tried to improve. He tried to keep his own gameplay simple, not overthink it, just do what was expected of him, get through the game. And, and you know, to his credit, he did that. So, you know, I've seen some people on, on uh, social media kind of trashing him, like he never should have seen the light of day. But on the back of that performance, I, I'm glad it was Sanchez who went out there and not Dyer, 100%. Yes. Um, no question. Now, that's not to say that I'm calling for him to be starting anytime soon. It's just that I respect mm-hmm. the dude for, you know, going out there, doing his job. And and even in spite of the fact that he hasn't really had the best of support from uh, from the fans or, you know, from his teammates or, you know, whoever. No uh, question. So I, I just wanted yeah. to give him a, a, a shout yeah. out. But uh, that's you know, a good point. And I want to I want to reiterate something that Mike said, the fact that he gets back fast on defense, because with the new pasta coglu, um, you know, the whole strategy of the game where we're going to be pressing more there will be more opportunities for the opposition to have fast breaks and we will need speed getting back towards the ball on those occasions so he's not a bad choice you know when that stuff happens all right we spent a lot of time talking about this game the players the system we have to get to the probably the most important question of the entire podcast and and i would love it if our guest would do the honors and ask this very important question. So Jay, please take it away. Great. It's a question I've been thinking about for the entire podcast. Hey, Mike, yeah. what you drinking? Oh, Jay, that was nice. I, I love it when you guys ask that question. Um, today, I, I had a couple of beers I was going for. I wasn't sure which one I wanted to do. Um, I think I'm going to go with this one because I do a lot of IPAs. Um, I do had- them all. Mix them in one big cup. <laughs> we'll, we'll save that for the wicked spursy barbecue in a couple of weeks um plug plug um today we're gonna go with uh green empire brewing um they're out of colchester vermont i love this brewery love 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 this brewery first time i ever had one of their beers i thought it tasted like fucking you ever just reached into a box of cereal and pulled out a, like a box of fruit loops and just pulled them out and smelled it and then just ate the dry cereal that's what it fucking tasted like. Side business tasted just <laughs> like Fruit Loops cereal. Um, this one is called Working Title. I picked it because it's, I've never had it one, but um, I, I, it's, look at the can. How fucking cool is that? It is interesting. Experimental American Pale Ale. Yeah. So, so is um, it like a pink or a red background with blue polka dots? Yeah, it is. It looks a little Very bit nice. Like, uh, John Fishman's uh, dress that he wears with the donuts on it. A little bit like that, but it just caught my eye because it wasn't like any of their other um, beers. I was like looking at the beers. And I'm like, do I? Don't, I'll get a four pack of side business. Then I saw this and I was like, oh, that's Green Empire too. Look at that. So I said, experimental pale ale. Let's give it a shot. So I'm gonna pop this open. You know, working title is also a good uh, episode title for us, especially considering Dave is missing this podcast because of work. Um, just, you know, spitballing some some suggestions here. We can pass it along and see if our, our overlord Dave will, will select it. Over- <laughs> overlord. 
All right, so let's pour this in. Wait, what do you call him? Dave? (laughs) Depends if he's here or not. (laughs) No, I I mean behind his back, not to his face. Um, I don't know. I don't know what to call him. Jesus Christ. Just don't call him late for dinner, right? Don't call him late for dinner. I'm pouring this like like a child, like a small child. Um, my small child could pour better. Agreed. No, he can't. He really could. So let's talk about pale ales. <laughs> we wait for this to settle out. It's I might just drink it out of the can. I might just how many drink it out of the can. How many fingers? Like six. Four of my fat sausage fingers. <laughs> um. So let's talk about pale ales. Pale ales. Uh, American pale ales come come in two different styles. Like overly hopped uh um american style ales um or they can be like uh what what the canadians call blonde ale um blonde ale uh is just a kind of a it's similar to a lager in that it's crisp it's clear it's clean but but um uh, it's run through a bright tank instead of dropping all the adjuncts out with through the through the you know, cold crashing process. Um, typically with the, with the newer style American pale ales, like Sierra Nevada, like really spearheaded the, the whole hops revolution in, in the, in the mid to late eighties um, by using like shitloads of Centennial because they're out there and that's or not Centennial cascade um, because that's all they had out there. That was like the Pacific North Northwest hop that was grown. Um, this one is Columbus and Lotus. Now, Lotus isn't, isn't always my favorite. It's kind of, it can give kind of an off taste if it's not brewed right. So we're going to find find out now that this is settled out, I'm going to pour the rest of this. This is pretty clear. It's pretty crisp. It's looking super fizzy. Now you can see it. There you go. Now that looks right. like a beer. It Yeah, it does look like a beer. It smells odd. It smells like a dentist's office. I want this to oh, be Oh, no. Really don't good. remind me of the dentist. I got to go there no. in the morning, man. Like, I don't want to <laughs> fucking think about the dentist. It does. It smells just like the dentist's office and it's bothering <sighs> me already. I don't. I, God damn it. I didn't want this to happen. We'll see what happens. We're just going to drink this fucking thing. <laughs> Mike, you're going to have to tell me if it's worth me buying that to drink instead of getting a crown put in. Like, if I have to go for the dentist experience, what would you recommend? Crown or working title? Um, To quote Ren and Stimpy, no, sir. I don't like it. Okay, so I, I should just crown. crown. <laughs> I do not like this beer. Go with the crown. <laughs> I do not like this beer at all. Oh, I would not drink it with a fox. I would not drink it in a box. <laughs> <laughs> i'd rather okay. i'd rather throw this in the can i will not drink it sam okay. i am um, so um this beer failed experiments failed failed experiment uh this is not a it's not a good beer at all i don't like it um it tastes really it tastes like it smells like it tastes like the dentist's office oh um, god you know what's really weird is that i work i work in the operating room and they do dent like big dental surgeries in the operating room sometimes. And they do it in, in an area called minor procedures. When you go over there and dental, you'll know dental is in there because you can smell the dentist office. It's something 
that the dentist brings with them. I don't know what it is that smell, but you guys it's know fear. what I'm talking about. Everybody knows what we're talking about. It's fear. <laughs> when you walk into the dentist's office and you smell that smell, this fear tastes and, and smells like this. I don't like it. This is probably one of the worst pale ales I've ever had in my life. And I love Green Empire Brewing. And I'm so saddened. So Just saddened. Strive down there and slap them for it. I would love to. I'm, I'm, I, I really want to go down there this weekend and say, what are you doing? Um, guys, come on. Yeah. Okay. Guys, can I ask yeah. you a question, Mike? Yeah, you can. If you had to Fuck, compare this beer, if you had to compare this beer to a Spurs player, <laughs> why is it Eric Dyer? <laughs> <laughs> That's probably the best question that we've had all season. Uh <laughs> okay, so because all season. We just started, Steve. Um, so here's here's the reason. Jay. You know what, Mike? <laughs> here's the reason it's Eric Dyer. <laughs> because because when you pour it, it's slow to be able to react to drink. Um it it, it doesn't seem to know what it is, whether it's it's a midfielder, whether it's a center back. Um, mm -hmm. and the other thing is that it leaves a bad taste in your mouth. Mm -hmm. Now I'm really looking forward to this song. Yeah, yeah. It makes you want to fight somebody after an FA Cup match. <laughs> <laughs> um. So I guess. Well, I got a song picked out, so you... I'm. I can't wait to hear yours because I have a good. I have a guess. Ooh. All right. Um, Not to put pressure on you. Take your time. Finish that drink, actually. Uh, I'm going to it right now and give tell you us a song. Come on. Let's see it or hear it. Wait. Are we are we doing songs? Wow. Is Dave got a lot like to go. editing some some music for us here? No. Um, no. I'm going to go with. Have I already used this one? I think I have. I, I I couldn't tell you right now. <laughs> God damn it. Billy Joel. You and Billy Joel. We didn't start the fire. We didn't. Billy Joel's We Didn't Start the Fire reminds you of this beer and you think is as bad as Eric Dyer? All three. Good God. Hmm. Bad Are you song. sure you don't want like Bad panic song. at the discos? We didn't start the fire. That's even worse. That's, that's the why. that's the Eric Dyer. Like <laughs> that's the beer, right? It's fucking terrible, and that that song is 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 so fucking bad that he just ran through fucking history really fast and tried to rhyme events in history. Like that guy is such a terrible songwriter. You know, in a, a terrible human being. This is a terrible beer, and and Eric Dyer is a terrible center back. I, this I, is the I, first time hearing this. I'm not going to get into it with you, but first of all, he's first of all he's a womanizer. That's the first part of it. No, but that's like, Britney Spears. You're thinking she's also a womanizer. <laughs> anyway, um... um, so that's that's where I'm at with this. Jesus, Christ. I was just gonna say, Dave's a history teacher. You know, you, you can't just go shitting on on songs about history. Or he was oh, no, a history he's teacher. Not now like I don't that. even know what he does. Probably something for the mob. I he's in the, <laughs> he, he is in the mob. Well, he's got to go to New Hampshire all of a sudden. I mean, like, 
out of the what blue. What do you do out in New Hampshire? You, yeah, you he calls us disappear. up. Dave calls us up today and says, hey, you know, boss wants me to go to New Hampshire. You're like, yeah, okay. this guy Hoffa got to make him disappear. Yeah, because he doesn't like unions. See? It's Jimmy full Hoffa, circle. It's all adding up now. We've, we've exposed you, Dave. <laughs> I can't wait for the to to this. He's going to hate us. Uh, all right. So that beer was working title, uh, Green Empire Brewing. Uh, yep. And the song was "We Didn't Start." The oh, I didn't even give you a rating. I didn't even give you a rating. I don't even. You know what? The rating is bad. Need it. <laughs> one point is nine. Higher... One. Okay. One point nine. Everyone, there you have this beer. It. Uh, this beer is going to be for Chris at the Wicked Spursy Barbecue because <laughs> I know nice. Chris isn't. I know Chris isn't listening right now, so he's not going to call me out on it. And if he is, and if he is <laughs> listening. I've, I've, you, buddy. I've pulled him out of the woods. I've no, I've pulled him out of the woods. I well, should uh, tell you what my can I tell you what my song guess was. Yeah, absolutely. I was way off. You, can. you kept mentioning the smell of the dentist's office. You kept saying the smell, the smell, the smell. So my guess was gonna be by Leonard Skinner. Oh no, I lost it. That smell by Leonard Skinner. Skinner, yeah. Yeah. But no, uh, you just, you just he just Rip. Mike looks for any opportunity he can to shit on Billy Joel. I fucking yeah. hate Billy Joel. I really hate Billy Joel. I think he's a talentless hack. <laughs> uh, so we won't be using any Billy Joel music in our intro or outro ever. Um, but speaking of outro, we're we're getting to the end of it. Uh, where does time even go, guys? I mean, I what a conversation! Guys all, yeah, I could talk to you guys all day. This is great. Um, so yeah, like. Let's get into what we're going to see at Manu and then some final thoughts. All right. Who do you want to break down Manu first? Jay, go for it, buddy. What yeah, do you think about guess, Manu? Guests first. Man, you got lucky Man-U. last week. <laughs> oh, I think you're breaking up a little, buddy. Oh. Okay, we're home. So they're the like Mike, like all the Manu. T- so we don't have to worry about. That's what's going on. Getting a free Manchester penalty United against is us. sabotaging him. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, oh, no, I. I feel. I don't know. Honestly, <laughs> but this is. Um, it's going to take time. This team it's... to build each other. Um, these players are basically playing for the, um, the back four. Oh my God, this is awful. I'm so sorry, Jay. <laughs> Jay, you're just completely cutting out. All right. Man, I don't even know what's going on. Uh, this has gone off the rails. You know, Dave, it, Dave is sabotaging this whole thing. Dave and Chris. Dave, Dave. Well, Dave's mad because we've, you know, acknowledged his uh, hand in Jimmy Hoffa's disappearance, you know. Uh, so, so that's that. Um, Despite probably but, not being alive. I'll I'll jump on to what I can only imagine Jay was talking about uh, for Manchester United. Um, I think the good news is that uh, referees this week are going to be cautious about favoring them too much for look for fear of looking biased. Uh, we can have a whole fucking hour long discussion about the uh, state of refereeing in uh, the Premier League, but uh, no, you know. Um, I didn't really catch all of the United game. Um, 
but from what I could tell, there's really not much that that worries me. Like I, this is weird for me as a Spurs fan to be looking at a team that just drew to Brentford, uh, going into a game against United and thinking, yeah, we can probably do okay. You know, I I, I don't know that uh, we're gonna have any sudden uh, revelations over this week that's going to get this team to immediately gel under Ange Postecoglou. But I saw enough against Brentford to make me feel comfortable with the squad. Like, I I, I don't know that we're going to um, collapse completely against United. I, I don't think that it's going to be necessarily a difficult game. I think it'll be an open game. I think it'll be an entertaining game. I, I think we can win it. I, I honestly think we can beat United uh, this weekend. Whether that happens is a completely different story. Um, but I, I don't feel like it's out of reach. I don't feel like they are unbeatable. Uh, for me, quite honestly, uh, United in the first half looked like a team that was like going to challenge for, for top two. Uh, in the first half of that game. Second half of that game, I don't know what the fuck happened. They fell apart. Um, one of the worst fucking non-calls I've ever seen in the history of soccer outside of Bukaya Saka getting fucking karate kicked. Um, I honestly, like, I don't know where where refereeing is going, but uh, that'll be in my final thoughts. But this game coming up, I'm going to tell you right now that that Spurs have a very, very good opportunity to win this game. Um, I said last week that Brentford was going to be a hard fought game, that it wasn't going to be easy because of the way that they play, that they, the way they play the game of football um, and that we, Spurs would win three, two very nearly was with the dominance in the second half, we were at 82% possession at one point um, in that game. And I'm going to tell you right now, if we hold any sort of possession uh, balance on United at all, we win this game going home. I think United has some issues in the back. They have um, issues in their midfield. Um, I, I, I worry that, um, they will be able to absorb some pressure and that their transition game is going to be too fast uh, for us, depending on, depending on who they have out there to, to, to play in the forwards. If they want to put uh, the rapist out there, uh, Mason Greenwood, they won't put him out there, but I just wanted to mention that the, they're still considering the fact that that motherfucker could actually be put onto the field and it makes yeah. me sick to my stomach. Disgusting. Um, but um in the end, in the end, I think Spurs can pull out a draw um, or a win. The only thing that worries me is the transition game and who we have out there. If Romero is cleared from concussion protocol or not, um, we know that it was some sort of clerical error, even though the Brentford fans are out there saying it was some sort of conspiracy and that we didn't use our concussion guy so they couldn't get an extra they couldn't get an extra sub like it that doesn't make any them. fucking sense because <laughs> we would have got an extra sub too. Like there's a lot of shit that goes around on social media. I think that, um, I think that 
Man United at times looked unbeatable. They looked scary good. Um, it and it's going to all depend on what team we see. I, we know that old tra- at Old Trafford there is that Old Trafford tax um, where United gets gifted one or two goals automatically, and you're playing from behind to start the game. But I think that they're they're not going to know what's what's going to what's coming on them uh, from for, from Ange Postecoglou's system. They're not going to know. Um, they're going to be shocked from the get-go at what's going to happen to them uh, with the pressing, with the midfield dominance, with the possession dominance. And I think if we hold 58 to 60% possession in that game, Spurs win this game easily. Um, I think that Richarlison is going to need to get some more service. I think that he needs... I don't. I don't think Emerson Royale is 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 lost his spot yet, but he's. There's going to be a need to to give service to the to the center forward, um, and I think that maybe Poro could could have provided that service with a couple of through balls. We know that he's good on through balls. We know he whips in a lot of crosses. <clears throat> um, and I think that you see Decky and Sonny coming off the touchline a, a, a little closer to the box and playing less of like outside wingers and more like inside wingers and inside forwards uh, in this incoming game. And I think that we beat Man United. Um, uh, but again, I don't think it's going to be easy. Um, and I'm happy to come away with uh, just a draw. Awesome. So why don't we go uh, right to closing thoughts and wrap this up for? Let's uh, see if let's see if Jay uh, actually has a a, a mic now. <laughs> I'm afraid to say anything. I don't know if you guys can hear me. It keeps cutting out, Some, man. Sometimes we can. Well, uh, oh, coys, coys, coys. There we go. That's a good closing <laughs> thought. Damn. I love it. All right, uh, Stephen. Uh, the only closing thought I have uh, is directed to any of our uh, social media users out there. We've had one fucking game this season, guys. All right. Stop looking for fucking scapegoats. We don't need people going in in Reddit match threads and on X or Twitter or whatever the fuck Musk wants to call it these days. We don't need people going out on Facebook, you know, trying to find, was it, was it Decky who's the worst? No, it was Sanchez who's the worst. No, it was Skip who's the worst. Stop it. All right. It's, it's one fucking game under a new manager, new system. We're trying to do something completely different than we've seen in the last few years. Just fucking enjoy it for a minute. All right. We don't need to all gang up on the players. We don't need to turn on the team. If you find yourself in a position where you finish watching the United game this weekend, win, loss, or draw, and the first thing that you think of is which player played the worst, fucking turn off your computer and go outside. Get away from social media. I don't want to see any of that. I don't want to hear it. It's not productive. And, and it's fucking childish, right? Like... This is the opportunity for us as a collective group of Spurs fans to rally behind the team, behind the players, give them that second, third, fourth, fifth chance, except for Dyer. He's not good enough. Um, Yeah, I know I'm being a hypocrite, but 
it's it's fucking our show, so I can be a hypocrite. Um, but but I'm not going on social media calling for Dyer's head. You know, I'm coming onto this podcast and saying I don't like Eric Dyer. I don't think he he should be starting for us or subbing in. Um, but he's a you know he's a decent person. I'm not trying to you know make him cry or send him threats on on Instagram or whatever. God damn him. Just just chill. All right. Those of you out there who feel the need to just go all in on people <clears throat> anonymously online because you have this strong sensation that Oliver Skip is the Antichrist, fucking go outside, dude. Just get out of the house, take a deep breath, take a walk, lay off the social media, and come back and rally behind Ange, rally behind the team, and, and try to be positive. Love your Spurs, for God's sake. Absolutely. Mike, how about you? What are your closing thoughts? God damn it, Steve. That was so goddamn good. I should have gone first. Um, Next time. (laughs) Next time. I'm just going (laughs) to bitch about the referees. Uh, Please do. So here, here's the deal. Um, We saw a no call on our our brand new keeper, which for me was a foul 100%, but they never call that shit anyway. Um, We saw a call that was not called on the field overturned by var um which to me was ultra soft especially given the fact that the guy reacted a second and a half after the actual foul happened on slow-mo um and then we saw what we saw which is emblematic of the entire problem with var um which is the the Onana challenge, um, you know, in that in that game against Wolves, um, easily should have been a penalty. Um, he came out, didn't touch the ball. Um, VAR looked at it, decided that it, for some reason it wasn't a foul, even though he threw a punch, uh, glommed onto two different players, and knocked two different players down. Um, a penalty, 100%. And it makes me so angry because I sit there on United and green and I bitch about the USL two coaches and my co-hosts on the show always give me the, well, these guys have second jobs. You know, this isn't their primary job. Well, this is the primary job of these English premier league referees and the VAR referees are also English premier league referees. If you're not going to use the, the, the replay the way that it's intended to be used, then get rid of it. That's the first thing. These fucking fingertip offside calls, these bullshit non-calls on the field. Oh, we and oh, VAR can't decide because it's a non-call on the field. Well, they shouldn't have been able to decide in the sunny situation because because the the ball was not in play at the time. Sonny stepped in the guy's foot, got tripped up, and then a second and a half later, the guy decides, oh, shit, I better fall down because I was touched in the box. If you didn't call it on the field, it's too hard to call in VAR. It's not a foul. The problem is that we have allowed an imperfect an imperfect human uh, person 
to be able to make a call on the field. And if they're not making the call on the field because they're imperfect, they're they they have this thought in their brain that it will be corrected by the person in the booth. Well, the person the imperfect in the booth, person in the booth, the imperfect person in the booth. And the problem with that is that it allows the people on the field, the referees on the field to be lazy and not make and not do their job the way that they're they're paid to be doing it the way they're intended to do it. And it happens in major league baseball and it happens in the NFL. And the only place that it's actually used very, very well is in, in the NHL hockey. Um, but we can get into that another time. I'm just saying like VAR needs to be revamped into a different system where we have people who are impartial to the game making these calls. Like Absolutely. we know, we know which referees support which teams which, or which which teams uh you know he, 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 michael oliver is really the only one you can really trust in my estimation but that's 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 the end of that whole so, other topic that's a whole other kettle of fish as they say but in the end um the players still need to go out there they still need to play the game they still need to perform and they still need to put the ball in the back of the net and they can't worry about what the referees are calling or doing. Go out there, do your job to the best of your ability. And if you do that, especially with Spurs, we have a very talented club. You're going to overcome any short, any shortcomings from the referees, any shortcomings from managerial tactics or whatever, because we have the talent to do it. Well said. And there now I like that. Now, I've got pig pen from the peanuts waiting to be put into a bag. So I will uh, <laughs> leave you guys with this final thought. Don't be an asshole. All right. And uh, Jay's already said poise, 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 poise for us. So uh, I don't even know if my mic's working. So I don't know if I can say Oh, it's anything. working now. It's working now. Go ahead. Come on. Poise. No, it's not. Poise, 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 poise. And? And? Safe, everyone.